Where the hell are we? I'm talking about chicken salad, I think. Chicken salad. Yeah. Are we picking up there? You know, it's pretty sick when you can put your penis inside chicken salad. It's a what very, do you think about that? It's a very moist maneuver. Moist maneuver. That's exactly the word I was thinking. Yeah. That's one word. It's not two words. Moist that's maneuver. what I know. Moist maneuver. I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Duck? Hold on! Oh, boy, Travis. What do we have here? Well, 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 it's just home and trippy. That's right. Coming to you live, Roast Mortem Cast. Uh, this is a two-man show. Do you know why? Because I ruined the last one. You sure did, Tom. You got to figure out what plugs go in what holes. Yeah, I'm pretty much the worst audio engineer. Uh, uh, well, firstly, everyone, welcome to the show. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know the show, there's usually more happening, and uh, that's okay because we're going to make a lot happen any second now. But elephants in rooms. Cody is no longer joining us on the show. Want to thank him for his time. But uh, moving forward, Mike will be on the show regularly. But uh, this is a oh. yeah. Okay, here's <laughs> you say a problem. regularly. <laughs> Mike's doing his best to get here. Uh, as I mentioned before, we're actually recording an episode again because I fucked it up. Uh, if you didn't catch that. And Travis is the only man I can trust in this world, even more so oh, than myself. Thanks. thanks, Tom. Yeah, last episode when you recorded, we were all like, penis boys. Yeah. I, I could talk about it. I don't think anyone wants to hear it, though. No, but they do want to know how's your week, because last week I had the luxury of just doing the show myself in the beginning. And, you know, people were like, you should do a spinoff series, Travis. I'm like, oh, maybe just asking people how their week was like you, Tom. Well, that's a great question. Uh, I'll just talk about the last 48 hours very quickly. If you go into a certain area of Pennsylvania, you'll be surrounded by Russian bears. That's where I went with several people, close friends, uh, to go explore this area of Lackawaxen. It's the most lactating area of Pennsylvania. It's truly um, annoying to drive around. Because everything is four hours away. Yes. Yeah. So, but uh, once you're somewhere and you're having drinks and you're throwing rocks and uh, rafting, then it's all good. So that's what we did. We were up there. I we did our manly activities such as bird watching, and we uh, went down the Delaware River with a bottle filled with tequila. And by the end of it, it was pretty much empty. Tom, um, I got to ask you, one time when we were up there and we were in a body of water, you were playing with a dead fish. Did that happen this time? I forgot about that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think someone found a deer femur on oh. the trip. So there was like a floating bone. It could be human. Probably. Probably not. human. All I'm saying is that today we were supposed to do this episode hours ago, even. So I'm just caking on how bad I've been performing. You understand? This disappointment that is myself. Uh, yeah, we were supposed to record like four hours ago, but I got stuck in traffic and then got stuck in a hospital for a while. But everyone's fine. And that's all you Yay. need to know. Yeah. 
That's it. We're just summarizing it. And we missed Perkins again. Travis, how was your week? Oh, man, I miss Perkins. That's the only place where you could really get diarrhea. Uh, My week. Let's see. I've just, I have been so swamped. I, I do have to. Okay, so I'm going to put this at the beginning of the episode because I know everyone won't listen to the end of the episode. But I've been doing a lot of research on an upcoming um, roast. And I want to know if anyone has a UFO story. Have you ever seen an alien? Have you ever uh, seen the lights in the sky? The Mothman. I want to know about it because this is uh, a legitimate show. It's reporting on dead things. Are we turning into that show now? We've talked about this. I think we are. I think we're turning over a new leaf, dog. We're getting the real truth. Damn. So wait, Tom, what is the number they can call for? Do you have that? The number they can call if uh, to leave us an actual voicemail. And you'll be on the show, or maybe we'll do a bonus episode if enough people call, and we'll make it available to everyone. But uh, I want to hear. Yeah, call the heavy hole line, 631-837-3274. Yeah. Give us a ring. Also, do it in the first week of August. Don't do it like three months from now, if you're listening. (laughs) Yeah, these podcast things. You know, I said live at the beginning of the show, but believe it or not, that was a joke. Yeah. We're not doing (laughs) this live. Or you can still call. I might still want to hear about your otherworldly experiences. Just call and tell us how you're doing. Yeah. Tell us so why you Tom, think Avenge Sevenfold is the best one. My favorite is the singer in Avenge Sevenfold. His name is Ben Shapiro. Tom, <laughs> how was the person you're going to talk about? All right. So uh, as I mentioned before, Travis, you're already an expert. We're doing Harry Houdini. Take two. Houdinus. Yeah, so Harry Houdini, I thought I escaped this guy already, but he's escaping me not, showing up yeah, well, in my suitcase. He just, he's slippery. He's a slippery boy. So but one slippery. of the things I want to say is, this is a hero boy. We've talked about this hero boy before. He has debunked all these scam artists, paranormal, John Ed- Edward-ass bitches. So what's the dirt on this boy? There's not a lot of dirt here, but we're using this as like a jumping off point for other stories coming up. Harry Houdini pops in to a lot of stories, and it's good to know about him. As crazy as he was, he's just not that interesting. But we're oh. going to have fun. I'm going <laughs> to. Oh, thanks, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's been a long day. I'm, uh, I'm doing well. So Harry Houdini was the world's premier escape artist and stunt performer in the late 1800s into the early 1900s, whose death-defying stunts captured the imaginations of hundreds of thousands of the morbidly curious. Before handcuffs would be all CG, Houdini would put his life on the line day after day to provide his loved ones. He wanted to provide for his loved ones. That was his thing. It's like, I gotta gotta take care of them all, okay? He sounds like a regular old Stephen O. Back in the day, turn of the century, a Stephen O. He's definitely a professional clown. Um, I don't think he liked to be thought of that way. But most people kind of wanted to see him plummet or drown to death. Yeah. Which is like, it's not as bad as, you know, mixing apple juice and chocolate milk in the lunchroom and daring someone to drink it. But uh, it's a start. You're That's entering my world territory. Yeah. I like to make concoctions and potions and figure out which ones will make me into a superhero. Okay, let's get into this really boring guy, okay? All right. Now, don't be falling asleep now. Harry Houdini was born Eric Weiss, March 24th, 
1874 in Budapest to Rabbi Mayor Samuel Weiss and Cecilia Steiner. Strong names there. Yeah, we got Steiner, Weiss, uh, oh, Grip. The, Grip, yeah. Grip was one of them. Uh, he was one of seven of his father's kids. The good rabbi had been married twice. Cecilia was his second wife. The first one didn't work out, I guess. You know, family tree is, is actually a-, a little iffy here. Uh, because that allegedly, a- what's that, Travis? So, sorry, is that a no-no in Judaism? Can you just uh, freely divorce people or what? No, no. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's because of death or incarceration that you oh. can then you can jump boat, ship, All or right. whatever, or raft, as I would say, being a rafter now. It's getting a little hairy here. I got to get out. It gets. Now, allegedly, the good rabbi mayor, uh, that's also his second marriage the first uh oh excuse me that was her second marriage the first being a man who was spending his life in prison for killing someone okay i should see a divorce about that i'd be mad here's another hot allegedly though uh harry was not truly the son of rabbi mayor as he looked strikingly like his older half-brother who was fathered by a psychopath all right this might explain like the future when the guy's just like shoving his head into freezers for days on end well let's just say the icp guys have that have one kid i don't know the other shaggy has the other one but the one that's a furry and so yeah that one of the icp guys his kid is a furry and that's that's messed up but think about how many more messed up love babies they've had they probably have some like single-eyed children out there for sure i mean like flounder looking children i'm surprised at how (laughs) open-minded those clowns are they're ready to love everything. Well, when you in a, when you ejaculate, when you have a Fago bottle boofed into your butthole, your semen's not going to come out right. No, dude, it's going to spray left and ro- right like some kind of magnet device. Uh, now, there isn't much known about the family's terrible life in Budapest. Who knows anything about Budapest? So they leave it for a real country like America, where the streets are paved with pavement. And the wo- <laughs> all these women look uncomfortable. I was going to read that perfectly, and I got a thing in my throat. You have to understand. Uh, a little bit of some bees you sucked in while you were rafting. Yeah. Dude, so many bees on the open water. Yeah, International open waters. The international waters of the Delaware River. <laughs> where perhaps drugs Dude, were consumed. Why do you think that fucking Washington got a picture painted when he crossed the Delaware? It's swarming with bees. So that man is a hero. It's very true. So they leave. And uh, the family arrives in July of 1878 and stayed in the famous Eastern European hotbed of the time, Appleton, Wisconsin. Woo! Um, Now, Appleton, I've never heard of it, but apparently it was a busy place with a big old uh, paper industry, paper mill. And that was good. They had a lot of Jews out there. And whenever there are Jews, they need a leadership. So the good rabbi goes, "Mm, okay, so he gets a job. One of his Jew friends, um, who I might be related to, might not. I don't know. Is it uh, uh, Steve Pepperman? Ha! Shit it there. Yeah. Rabbi Mayer took the family there so he could work for one of the local Jewish congregations. So there was a few years there of, of stability where they were hanging out. The good rabbi had a good name for himself. He's good, good, good. Everything's good. Wish I had an Oscar Mayer wiener. They're the right amount of kosher. Oh, are they? I don't think so, actually. Uh, I mean, doesn't a rabbi just have to go like, yeah, that's good meat, and then it's good? 
Pretty much. You do the taste test. I want to be a rabbi blessing meat. That would, that's my dream job. I don't think like, it's I don't want to do the do. Jewish thing. I just wanted to be like a special type of kosher. Like Travis said, yes. You'd be like the paralegals of rabbis. Like you don't. Yeah. You're not. You don't have a. You don't have a the right piece of paper to be speaking on behalf of a murderer or a traffic court violator. No. But uh, certainly, you could be dishing it out. You know, that's making, a good meat. Yeah, I'm making just over minimum wage while the rabbis are buying their second boats. But I'm blessing the meat. It's outrage. Why am I so mad about this job that doesn't exist? <laughs> it does. So two years into the. Uh, congregation run. The Jews in the area, they go, uh, you're old and stinky. Get out of here. Now, he truly was old and stinky. He was in America for two years, and he didn't know a lick of English. He knew a bunch of other languages. He spoke Yiddish. Um, he spoke traditional Hebrew. He spoke German, Hungarian, Romanian, but he didn't speak English, and he did, he couldn't be bothered to learn English. And they were like, well, our kids want to learn Judaism from people who are like, entertaining like rob schneider or someone like that not one of the boring people where we have to sit there and translate there's a lot of entertaining comedian jewish people out there you know you gotta get a good one yeah look up the uh this is gonna sound so terrible uh go to wikipedia and just type in like famous jews of hollywood or something it's there's a list there and it's like i didn't know paul rudd was jewish i thought he was a a, a uh, Yuletide guy. Yeah, who, who knew? Who knew? Learning something new every day. We all knew Seth Rogen was Jewish, okay? But we didn't know all of his friends were. Maybe he turned them. <laughs> you know, this gefilte fish is actually pretty good, Seth Rogen. Uh, thanks for inviting me over. Uh, can I have some more of that? Do you mind if you teach me some of this Torah? Whatever will be. So young Eric, uh, remember Harry is Eric at this point in the story. He never attended school. He was enrolled, but I think his family values were kind of like detached from education. I know the rabbi, uh, he was a lawyer at one point in Budapest, but he was like jaded by this because his lawyerisms didn't really take him anywhere. And that's how he started. I think he started rabbiing after, which is, it's fine. Who Like, I'm not judging, but what I'm saying is these kids are dumb as hell. Yeah, you're not going to be rubbing any meat as a lawyer. I'm just saying. Or maybe you will. Huh? Yeah, so they, they, the, the mayor's like, no, you don't have to do that. You can just go work if you want. I mean, how old are you? You're eight now? You can work. You can start working. So Eric and his siblings worked odd jobs in Appleton. Why his his father, he kind of like half-assed around. I think he whittled soap or something or cut tie fabric and like look at buttons. Like you know, old-timey jo- <laughs> yeah. jobs. Yeah, that, yeah. The things that drove the economy back then. I'm a buttonman, Smith. I check out all. <laughs> I put the holes in every button. No one pays me to. I can write it off, but I'm not making much. I feel like those jobs still do exist. It just trust fund people in major cities like Brooklyn. Right. Eric's like this kid who's he's bopping around. And the first place he gets a job where he stays around for a while is a locksmith. Okay. Guy has- I always wanted to be either a locksmith or a weatherman, but continue. So he's in this gun shop slash locksmith shop. All right. He always enjoyed picking a good lock. That was kind of his thing. After he'd been picking locks for a while for funsies, 
he went around one night and unlocked every store in Appleton just to see if he could. He just did for it. the lols? Yeah, for the lols. So he's basically like anonymous hackers. Yeah. He's I exactly mean, don't they right. do that? They break into like Macy's fucking thing and like leave a like a dick pic and then they're like, I broke in. Is that, uh, what? Is, is that what hackers do? They mail themselves coupons? Yeah, I think so. They just mail each other Pathmark coupons. That's fine. I mean, yeah. Pathmark's pretty reasonably priced as it is. Yeah, great supermarket. So he likes, he's picking the locks, right? Bam, bam, bam. Sometime in the mid-1880s, the rabbi brings his family to Milwaukee for work, but he doesn't land anything because nobody wants these old-timey yids walking around Milwaukee all willy-nilly. So they're hanging out poor, and Eric's like, uh, that job I had with uh, old Hanauer, that was the guy's name with the locksmith, uh, that Hanauer guy, I want to go back to him. So they're like, go, one less mouth to feed. Go. You're 11. You're, yeah. you're, you're an adult almost. You're a man. Yeah. So he goes back to Appleton, and then this weird event took place. Okay. Story time. One day, young Eric is at the shop, and the sheriff comes in. The sheriff of Appleton comes in, and he's got with him this giant bearded man who looks very scary, perhaps um, wrestling-ish. Is that a Uh, term that people use? Let's pretend, like, for fun. Like he's let's like Bray pre- Wyatt or what's that guy? Big man. No, let's go back more. Let's do like pretend he's dirty Jewish macho man Randy Savage, who might be Jewish, actually. Did he have a beard? Well, he had a beard and he talked like this. Oh, yeah. And he breathed really heavy. So imagine okay. that. All right. So I don't know macho man's rape history, but imagine this guy has rape history. So Eric's like, I'm very uncomfortable around this man. Macho did slam into many Slim Jims. A lot of Miss Elizabeth. We know that, but that was consensual. Yeah. So we got this big macho man. He's in there and he's breathing at Eric. And uh, the sheriff goes, look, um, this guy, judge just let him off. He's not guilty. The thing I brought him in for, not even guilty of it. And Hanauer goes, um, all right, what are you doing with him here? Well, I lost the keys. You're like, great. Yeah. Now we have this fucking maniac tied up like a, like a filthy animal in my <laughs> store. So Hanauer does what any good boss does. He goes, uh, hey, Sheriff, you want to go get a beer and let my apprentice take care of this old, uh, not old, but rather large, uh, aggressive man? When you have a man that was falsely accused of rape and leaving around children, they didn't do it. They didn't do it. He didn't do it. It's fine. So anyway, this guy's sweating. Uh, The the two of them, they go off to Applebee's. They get their two furs. They're off for about a half hour, 45 minutes. Little Eric, he's like a baby boy, okay? He's told to hacksaw these handcuffs, so. Yeah. But the guy's, like, looking at him like, you're going to hurt me, and that's going to hurt you a lot more. You understand? <laughs> so Eric's like, yeah, I understand. Oh, so yeah. he uh, he takes his little lockpick device that he made, and it was, like, too big, and he goes, ah, oh, a piano wire. I'll just make a new one with piano wire. So he runs to the back, and the guy's just, like, staying there, sweaty, who knows why. And uh, then a little Eric comes back, and he starts fucking around with his little little contraption he made out of piano wire and bam a minute around of jiggling handcuffs off but tom and the guy's tom, like uh, 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 and then he gets the other cuff in like 30 seconds tom 
I mean, locks back then had to be way simpler than nowadays, right? To be fair, it's like an advanced maneuver. It's like a kickflip. Like, it's not now where you okay. need a nest and you need a good friend to let you in their home. You can't just break the window like all uh, 1870. You gotta... And Hanauer himself, he comes back. He and the sheriff come back from their twofers and go, oh, damn, you actually did it. That's some good work, Eric. I think they want to just let the guy sweat there. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and you know, we'll see. I'm, anyway, I mean, this is America, but do you think that they threw him a tuppence for his good work? Here's uh, a tuppence. They may have, Eric. and he's gonna go. What am I gonna do with this? No one else takes tuppence around here. <laughs> and and then that's not true. Go over to Tuppence Hut. Yeah, we got <laughs> porridge hut right next to the right next to the sun the sunglass hut back then it was just a piece of wood that you put over your eyes they hadn't yeah. figured out that that perfect glass ratio that's totally worth every 240 dollars that's actually how home depot started it was right next to the orange julius they gave you the wood glasses so you just a, a two by four you put over your face Right, and they expanded by opening up with uh, a nails. They, one day they had nails, and then it really took <laughs> off. So the good rabbi, he's like, um, his son is over there, and he's being taken care of in it. Uh, Appleton, and, and he goes, uh, I'm out of here. I'm going to New York, where we're supposed to be. Goodbye. So the rabbi zips over to New York, and he leaves his bruised-up wife and mostly injured and sick children in Milwaukee to live in abject poverty. That's good. This is these are good choices. It, they teach lessons. Eric's interest in showmanship and circus-related shit started surfacing around this time too. You see, he went to one of these traveling circuses, and he didn't care much for the clowns and the dumb shit like popcorn. He just liked those trapeze guys. He was like, "What are they doing up there, Tom?" But come on, though, not everything else besides the trapeze is dumb. You've got the sea lion tamers are they, they bring dumb the sea lions out and they're like get on that fucking platform you dumb ocean dog and it does it and then and and you got the guys that yeah. make balloon animals if you yeah. want a sea lion out of air well i think make... those are clowns i kind of mentioned them because they're well, you know no, no, no. i mean there's just regular standard the three-piece suit men that make balloons <laughs> for you that's terribly frightening. Have you seen one of those in real life? Is that something that's just like, hello, son, I've got something long for you. Oh, is that a uh, is, is that a uh, rubber balloon that's rather long? Yeah, just, here's a snake. I'm just imagining the scene from American Psycho, but instead of him turning around with an axe and hacking the guy up, he just gives him a little balloon dog. <laughs> All right, here you go, man. Oh, it's chilling. Absolutely chilling. Eric's interest in showmanship. Right. I read that bit. Uh, his mother made him some red pants and started. He started his own little trapeze act in the, the family yard. He went by Eric, the prince of the air. Now, his first thing he did was a tightrope act. And uh, he tied a rope between two trees. And apparently his first attempt. I, I can only imagine this. It doesn't matter who it is. Uh, his first attempt was bad. And uh, he just. Kind of uh, doubled down there and laid on the grass for a long time. But then oh. he got up. He's a kid. He did it again. Imagine, you, you know what it's like to get the wind knocked out of you, right? Do you remember when you used to play and have fun and every now and then you get the wind knocked out of you? Dude, I feel like all the times, that happened to me a lot. And I feel like all the times that, like, if I was to have the wind knocked out of me now, I would also have, like, broken vertebrae. 
I'm actually worried about that. Yeah. Uh, that's why I don't try this trapeze garbage. Yeah, you're not going to see me on them monkey bars. You're going to see them in the bar. But Eric, you know, he's talented and he got it soon. He's not like us. Uh, he also tried to suspend himself by hanging on a rope by his teeth because that was a trapeze act, too. But he didn't realize that the pros use mouth guards. Oh, Luckily, he did this young enough where uh, he just lost most of his front teeth. But he was like, we're, we are going back a little bit. He's about seven at this time. Oh, so, so he still got bebe teeth? He's got bay bay teeth, and he he lost them all. It was Easter quick, if you know what I mean. Just like a, a lot of those are a lot of teeth eggs on the ground. Here comes Elijah, the Jewish t- tooth fairy, to give you money. <laughs> uh, what did he give you? Uh, counterfeit bills. <laughs> <coughs> Israeli war bonds. <laughs> yeah, he left us guilt. Are you trying to get more teeth for, for <laughs> terrible chocolate? You can invest in a career in dentistry. Put it into the, the stock market. Now, he was always interested in the athletic side of it. And so he's, he's got this like, he's got this thing where he loves the lock picking and he likes to take care of himself. And from what I gather, he never drank or smoked. So he was obviously a fantastic pussy. So lame. if we want to start making fun of him, we can get into it. Fucking lame. When he was a pre-cum teen, he made plans to take a train to Texas to make it as a trapezist. He left a note for his dear mother, Cecilia. He said, uh, see you in a year. Uh, bye. So he boarded the wrong train and ended up going to Kansas City, where people are sad. Now, yeah. he, he, he committed to the bit, and he was there for a year, kind of moping around. And I think uh, for some of the s- summer he was first there. Uh, a, a strange couple took him in and he just lived on their couch for a while. So that's uh, cool. pretty young to be uh, optionally homeless, especially if you don't like your, you do like your parents. Like he liked his mom. Yeah. It's weird. I, I feel like I'm not saying that he's rich, but I feel like a lot of rich kids nowadays do that. Yeah. Well, you have to be rich if you're going to be homeless these days, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we you had to have your iPhone. We had a, an acquaintance, I'd say, that lives around the corner from you, Tom, that went on his Jack Kerouac experience, even though he's, his family was fairly well off and walked around fine. Huntington homeless. You know, he's he was always off, but now I think he went out. He he went a lot down too many rafts uh, yes. on the old river there. So he's pretty much dead from the neck up now <laughs> and good for him. I'm sure yeah. he's happier than I am. Although I did see him hugging a hydrant and crying. So oh, okay. maybe maybe he's just another case of funny old mental illness. Oh, yeah. Or maybe he just found love. Everyone needs yeah. love, dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if it's a fire hydrant. Yeah. Even if the state paid for it. They don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So then uh, he's off to New York because he's like, hey, I'm poor. My dad's poor. We should meet up. Let's shine shoes together. Let's sell papers. Standard poor kid stuff for the late 1890s. He and his father, they stayed in a room in a boarding house in East 97th Street, or excuse me, 79th Street, and they lived their fullest life. I don't know what that means. I'm pretty sure they didn't even have a bathroom, but who did back then? Yeah. Wait, so if you were going to be in the circus and you were going to do shows for the masks, wouldn't I feel like New York 
It's with vaudeville or circus arts. It is an art. Uh, that you'd have to be in New York, right? Because you got P.T. Barnum and Bailey. You got Coney Island with freaks and geeks. Coney Island's big. That's yeah. a big spot. Yeah, no, it helps to be in. Like, I don't understand. I don't know if anyone caught this, but like my surprise that the family would move to Appleton, Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to where all the other ones were. Yeah, Bushwick or no, yeah. uh yeah, whatever. They were at the time it was Williamsburg. Williamsburg right. up until yeah, they it was a lot of Jews there and that's that's fine. You know, they had their little spot, but now they're all over that area and that's that's great, you know, not regarding driving, but it's great. Yeah, but he wants to uh, he wants to pursue a career in the circus. Arts. So like instead of moving to Kansas City, just go to fucking New York. Yeah, he should have done that. But, you know, I've I've done just as dumb things here. So we couldn't we can't let's not come down on this 13 year old just yet. Okay, Okay. maybe he was just a big Kansas City Royals fan. What is that? What do they play? Bocce Um, based ball. They free base balls tight. I legit didn't know that, by the way. I'm I'm sad when it comes to sports. I, I was a catcher and a pitcher. So I knew about base and I knew about balls. Did you have to use like? Did you have to go around your balls to to uh, <laughs> fuck yourself in the ass, or were you able to go over? Well, that's what the cup is for. It forces your your shaft to go mm. around the back. Okay, that's cool. And it's sliding. Yeah, you use the sliding maneuver to mass to to um, ejaculate. Uh, you know what? More power to you, baseball players. Uh, Me and Derek Jr. are going to be sliding and masturbating. (laughs) All right. So they're in New York and they're being poor, as you do. And uh, he starts seeing his dad a little bit as a failure, I guess. Like, he's not abandoning him. He still likes him. But he's like, I got to really up the games here. So uh, dad was, like I said, old scholar, never provided well. Eric, he was a nice kid. So he goes out and he helps more. He starts um, on top of doing more work he he's like i think i could do something with my physical talents maybe in the trapeze stuff that i was so into just a year ago so he gets into that stuff and he starts uh he's like where am i gonna be a freak you mentioned it before travis coney island you want to be a freak you go there sucking down dogs like joey chestnut king of the world baby is joey chestnut the fat one or the chinese one no, if you are a competitive eater, most of them are skinny. I did a little little mini spot on this on the top woman female eater. Her name is Mickey Sudo, and she's smoking. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what. But no, like... Joey Chestnut's this white guy that's like balding. He's thin. He's tall, <laughs> very lean, and he just fucking sucks dogs, dude. Does he look like he works at the post office? Uh, more like Geek Squad. Oh, that. Well, you know, God bless him. Doing Lord, doing the Lord's work at Geek Spot. They just saved one of my hard drives. So, I did they? You, yes. He began boxing, swimming in the East River, and running marathons as a form of training. So that was his commitment level. It wasn't doing like training to run marathons. He was running the marathons to just train to become an animal of a man. Hell yeah! Wait, did you say swimming? Was he swimming in like the East River? Yes, yeah, he was swimming that in the East River. Is disgusting. It's well, dirty now. No, 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 Tom. It's dirty now. It was probably ten times as dirty back then when people were just like, 
oh, my baby died at birth. Let me just throw it in the East River. <laughs> right. Well, I, I suppose it depends where your mind is with what dirty is. You know, because some people go, ew, a little bit of oil on top from a motor. And they go, I'd much rather swim in fecal matter because it's from a human body. It's natural. Tom, I'd much rather be oiled my entire body every inch. Well, the, I was speaking for someone else. Okay. Uh, I, right. too, would like to be oiled. We're Come on. You know me better. I know. I know, man. Oh, he's a showman, though. The first known photo of him is uh, we already looked at this, Travis, last week, which is uh, him in a tank top that's kind of well-fitting or it's, I don't know. It's, it's baggy. He's wearing uh, running shoes, which were apparently just penny loafers back yeah. at this time period. I That's cool. Uh, some kind of gym short. Yeah. There was no Nikes or Adidas. Right. And then he's wearing all these like medals. It's like six or seven um, awards, accolades for his physical achievements. But most of them are fake. In fact, one of them is real. The rest of them are fake. Trying to up that showmanship. Hey, he's like, I'm going to get my first picture taken ever. I'm going to do it right. Yeah. I mean, that's like the modern day, like rapper mentality, right? You just want to get as many chains on you as possible. Right. Harry and his brother Theodore, who later went by Dash, uh, they began studying magic and making their frequent trips to Coney Island and creating their own little routine. Ooh. Eric chose the professional name of Harry Houdini in honor of his favorite illusionist, Jean-Eugène Robert Houdin. One of his buddies who was helping him with his magic was like, hey, like that Houdin part? If you put an I at the end of it, in French, that means it's kind of like it. And he was like, that's pretty cool. I'll be Houdini. Uh, right. That's not true at all. Um, this stage name is made on lies. Uh, I don't know, Tom, because I have a stage name when I do my magic. It's Travis Jimmy Deeney because oh, I want to sound very um, put together and mystical like a Jimmy right. Dean sausage. Right. That's good. Nice casing you have there. Yeah. <laughs> There's no no animal on that casing. That's all plastic. Yeah. Hold my casing. 1891. Theodore, a.k.a. Dash, and Harry booked themselves as the Brothers Houdini, the modern monarchs of mystery. Okay. So what you're talking about, you're not talking about real magic, right? You've got, like, real magicians like Chris Angel. They David do. Clay. They are real magicians. They do yeah. magic. Mm -hmm. Then you've got men like David Blaine who do little street tricks. So Houdini's right. doing little street tricks. Yeah, he's more of a David Blaine guy. He just doesn't have the flair. He's very professional. You know right. how, like, David Blaine looks dead all the time? Houdini yeah. kind of had that going, too. We'll okay. get into that later, because uh, he was upsetting to be around. Uh, right. There, aesthetically. There was no Las Vegas at the time. It wasn't even built. So he, how could he reach the status of magic mm. like Christopher Angel? Uh, uh, he's The bar's pretty high. Let's put it that way. Chris Angel, it's up there. Yeah, it is. It is. He'll get, your, he'll get your Jankos in a twist, dog. <laughs> Harry, he did most of the work. He was the the uh, he was the real star. Okay, Dash was kind of like uh, working his way up, and he was getting in the way a bunch. But anyway, he they start working those sideshow, the dime museums, as a card trick musician, and eventually he would step in as the freak show uh, wild man. So he'd just, like, get blackface and just start jumping around. They'd be like, what the hell? Because he was really strong and ripped. People were like, he's so small and forceful. Tom, I knew we, we were going to Coney Island. We are going into magic. 
I knew the old timey racism was gonna pop in there. He straight up Justin Trudeau and jumped around like a madman. Yeah, see, the thing is that when Justin Trudeau did it, it was funny. Uh, Houdini did it out of mystery. Oh, he's, okay, I see. Yeah, they were like, what is that good, thing? Yeah, Trudeau was having a good time at a party. Houdini's like, uh, uh, you can't see me. That's what we start doing. Like, uh, and by start doing, I mean imagining to do. Uh, just going to ho- like costume parties, hoping that one day we can do blackface, but only as Houdini. Yeah. Like r- remove ourselves. Like I'm Houdini. It's fine. I'm not. Yeah, don't worry I, about it. You know, it's not racist. I'm making fun of a Jew. It's fine. It's. Uh, uh, anyway. I always wanted to. Well, no, I don't want. Didn't say. Don't want to say. I always wanted to. But I. I thought it would be interesting to portray one of my favorite characters on Dragon Ball Z, Mister Popo. But I thought against doing that for a Halloween costume. You know, some people might say you thought right. Yeah, I would agree. Not Justin Trudeau. No. I know that's old news now, but I feel like in today's day and age, we forget so quickly. And I, it's funny. It is really funny. I mean, He's the prime minister. Those photos are hysterical. Like yeah. the smile is just like, do you have no shame? Yeah. Are you just are you just going to lock down your country forever? Or are we going to get uh, boxed out of this maple syrup game? I hear, I hear. Sudan is really making advances in their maple business. They might get, they might beat out. Maybe yeah. we'll go stop some atrocities over there if they can get their maple shit together. Yeah. Now, in 1892, the good rabbi dies of cancer, putting a lot of pressure on Harry to take care of all the people, all the people. Now it's a lot of kids and stuff, and some of them are working, but really, mom Cecilia, so close to the heart. From the moment Mayor dies, he's Harry's like, my mother is irreplaceable, which is true. Everyone's got one. You know, some some are better than others. Some have, some people have two. Yeah, some people have two moms. And people with three moms, where's my invite? Um, well, also, that's a lot of cookies. It's too many cookies for one person. Yeah, it's a lot. Anyway, mom's like, uh, thanks, son. I'm glad you're here. And Harry's like, dad said that you're nice. So I'm going to take a no, it's not true. He really loved his mother quite a bit. She was uh, a huge influence in his life, and they always lived together. Uh, the brothers Houdini duo, as I mentioned, didn't go very far. See, Theo Dash, he was not very good. And I think he actually got locked in a box once. Uh, <laughs> and Harry, Harry was like, yeah, he's going to get out of the box any second now. And then he just hears that like, help. Oh, help no. Me. Wait, let me guess. Magic. Let me guess. Did he become Dash the accountant? No, he actually continued being his own magician. Oh, after this, but they kind of separated, and uh, didn't hurt too much because uh, you got this little piece of ass walking in here called Willema Beatrice, aka Bess Rainer. Okay, so Bess is now in Houdini's eyeballs, if you know what I mean. Now she is a great dancer, performer, short four eleven, which was good. To be next to our little five foot five Harry Houdini made him look bigger on stage. Oh, got two little munchkins, little baby miniature people. Right. <laughs> now, I think her family had a little bit of money, so that was good, I guess. And uh, they were a little, I don't think the family was, uh, they cared that much. They were already disgraced by the fact that she wanted to dance for a living because back then it was just like, you're a woman, you're not supposed to have a living. 
Yeah. The, you, it's egregious you, uh, stepping into our world of entertainment. Not even that. It's just like, you're not supposed to have a living and what are you, dancing? Dancing is enjoyment. You're right. a woman. If you, you act wearing... up, if you act hysterical one more time, I'm going to get the man who has the vibrator and he's going to vibrate you in the other room because you're acting hysterical. God, I'd love to be a woman just like for a day just yeah. to know how much easier it is for sure. Because <laughs> that's my gut feeling. I could be wrong. Yeah. You know, know. that's real though, right, Tom? No, I do. Yeah, yeah. They used to yeah. that, what they used to take a take a little spoon and play it like a blast beat on there, right? They'd be like, yeah. "He's fucking talking up too much." <laughs> She's just like, "I'm upset. I'm just thirsty, and my child died, and I'm upset." They're like, <laughs> "Don't worry about it. You're gonna come." <laughs> let's uh, let's get you in the room, and get, I'll get my doctor in here, and my doctor's friend Henry, and they'll <laughs> smack your clitoris until you're sane again, woman. It's uh, a weird time. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I truly don't know what to make of it. I have a feeling that some women liked it. That's all. Not maybe. all. Not all, but maybe some. Yeah, some were uh, just like, oh, wait, wait, you mean if I start kicking and screaming, you guys are going to pleasure me to death? <laughs> That's pretty good. Eh, not bad. I'm going to throw my turkey at the wall that I'm eating. <laughs> I wish that worked on me. I just want to be eating a fucking sandwich and just spike it against the wall and get jerked off. Yeah, but if you were in like 1890s New York and you did that, you would just get slapped oh, and, yeah. and homeless. And yeah. you, and for some reason, even though the day and age where no communication was allowed to happen, your landlord would know about it and you'd be on the fucking street. Tom, there's a this is the gender gender equality right here. Right. Well, <laughs> think about it, ladies. You, right? <laughs> From the men of the past, you're welcome. <laughs> so around this time, he moves in with Bess. His lovely little piece of ass. And the two, uh, they actually move into Cecilia's apartment. Excuse me. They uh, So they move in together into Cecilia's apartment. I guess they were living down the block for a little while. That's his mom? Here on out. Yeah, Cecilia is the mom. Um, Cecilia and Bess were the two women in his life. The only ones that mattered. Um, although... At one point, he did cheat on Bess, but like he came clean immediately, and that struck me as odd because he's the world's best escape artist. Yeah, right. Yeah, like if you feel guilty about it, then don't do it, but don't get caught. Maybe it was just maybe he was so good and so slippery escape artist, he just slipped right into a vagina and like, she's like oh, I'm so sorry. I was just escaping. Yes, it's not what it looks like. It's not what it looks like. My erected penis slipped right yeah. in. We're going to make Houdini like most of our other people sound like he's from Scotland Yard <laughs> instead of like Eastern European Jew. Uh, it's me, Houdini. <laughs> I'm the best one. Houdini begins buying acts. Okay, so back then, like magicians would sell their acts if they were retiring or broke to other magicians. Right. So Houdini buys a few and he's using them as a revenue stream. He's performing these acts that are kind of like like half well known. One of these was his handcuffed act, uh, his escaping act. OK, uh, before there were bits where it was like, oh, yeah, uh, he used to the generic handcuff thing was technically an escape, but it was kind of like just just hit it the right way over your knee or something. Right. Um, it wasn't like. Let's put a bunch of them on you, and they're going to be all different types of them, and it's not going to be so easy this time, kiddo. Well, first the constable will secure the handcuffs. Then you must boondoggle it over your knee. Right, and, like, 
I mentioned before, like the handcuffs that you see today on TV, they're all CGI. Back then, these were real handcuffs. Well, I'm just saying, I, I want to see Houdini get resurrected and some fuckers like, you ever hear zip ties, asshole? <laughs> <laughs> he could probably get out. I mean, we're, we'll get into this. He was good. He was definitely good. Now, people good thing. were really into it. It was a cl- crowd pleaser. Crowd pleaser. That shouldn't be a tongue twister, but it is because I have a fat tongue. He'd do this bit where he would go to police stations and be like, yo, let's do this. And they'd be like, with our handcuffs, real handcuffs, we're Coney Island police officers. You're going to come here with that act, Houdini, and, and expect us to, to, to not laugh you out of the streets and into your mother's lap? Well, he did it. Okay. He'd be like, look, man, strip search me. Wait, so that means I'll do this naked. That means that the cops were laughed into the streets and into his mother, Cecilia's lap? No, no, everyone's from Scotland Yard today. Oh, okay. I just wanted to make I just wanted to make sure that the cops are in Cecilia's lap eating Coney Island dogs. Mm, dude, the mustard on the stick. That was the best part. See, they, they put out the stick with mustard. They had to stop doing that because people would lick the stick. Like 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 anteaters. Yeah. See these Long Island tongues just coming out of people's heads f- too fast. Yeah. Right. So we get the police to strip search him, you know, authenticate his abilities. Houdini did spend a lot of time on stage nearly naked for this. A lot of the time he was up there, he was like, you check me out. I'm not, I don't have anything. I just have underwear and I got a little penis and there's nothing hiding behind it. Wait, and they'd be you- like, well, it's pretty small. Have you seen the picture of his ding-a-ling dong-dong-dong? No, we just have to assume so, because, like, you're looking at these pictures and, like, you, you want to undersell how big something is. So you, so you can go, like, ah, oh, there's definitely no key hiding behind this really small penis. I mean, if it was a big penis, yeah. then I'd be able to hide a key. But Little do they know I have slipped the key into my, <laughs> the tip of my penis. I have sounded it. Travis, the sound escaper. You'll be amazed at how quickly he can sound his way out of any situation. Safe and sound at home, they call him. I was like, excuse me, miss, uh, pick a number from one to ten. And my penis go like, <coughs> and I'll cough out their number. Right. Their number. Their phone number. <laughs> their phone number. <laughs> you want to put that back in? Are you embarrassed? <laughs> right. So, like I said, the, he's doing the police and he's getting the local. He's doing it like he goes from just the handcuffs. And now he's going to the, the precinct and he's going, hey, why don't you guys lock me up? And this is a publicity stunt, by the way. This is not like this is planned. Houdini is very smart with how he gets involved with the police, right? And some of them liked it. Some of them were a little embarrassed, but he would go to precincts and go, uh, I'm bringing like 100 people to stand outside the precinct right now. I need you to take me in there, throw me in this jail all naked, and I'll be out in like 10 minutes. And, and all the so, policemen would go, ha, 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 that's ridiculous. And then he would do it. It's kind of like what most deaf when he got waterboarded and force fed. You know, poor Most Def. How dare he do that to himself? Well, you know, he's trying to be like Houdini. Houdini also appeared in a bunch of shitty plays, and he performed mind-reading acts for a while. He started this, like, onstage seance act, and Houdini was pretty good with it, uh, and people fell for it, but he had this problem. Houdini was always too honest. Like I mentioned before, he gave himself away. He He actually modified his seance act so the audience would know how it was done. Before it was all oh. bells and whistles, and then he kind of switched gears, and he was like, "I feel like people are, think this is real." And yeah, <laughs> yeah, they did. 
Because he was a big debunker. It was like him and Harry Price back in the day, right? Like, they were like, look at all these fucking assholes taking your money and making money off of, you know, your sorrow and all that shit. Yeah, which we're going to get into more of that later because that's kind of like the last leg of Houdini's life is uh, getting all those spiritualists in their place, talking shit. He's like, you're idiots. You did it wrong. So he tried to he tried to spread the word initially by showing how all the things were done that all these other seance people were doing. And people still like saw it as, ah, well, you know, that's a fun parlor trick. But I talked to my aunt uh, Jennifer the other day and she said, I'm still dead, Howard. See, I mean, I would be impressed if he was like, I'm sensing someone in this room. Is it your aunt? Jennifer, <laughs> oh, it's definitely it's a real name. Is, is this her? And he pulls down his pants and his penis goes, <coughs> and a picture of her just comes out of her, out of his dick. It's just a dead aunt there, but it's just a picture of it. It's like play on the words. Could have been anyone's aunt. <laughs> oh, that's a carpenter aunt. That's yeah. a big boy. <laughs> It's a wide ants. That's not one of those house boys. Those, <laughs> those ones don't come in packs a hundred. Was a heavy boy. Anyway, so the seance act, he starts showing up, but people didn't really, they didn't catch it. So for a while he goes, I'm not doing anything seances. Fuck spiritualism. I'm out of that game. Now, I have no idea why, but Houdini and Bess found themselves uh, on a tour on a day off, I suppose, or an afternoon off. They find themselves visiting a mental hospital in Canada. I have no idea why that was the only context in all three audiobooks I heard. It was just like they were in Canada one day and they were seeing a man. Okay, so it's true. They see this man and he's writhing in pain on the floor, but wearing a straight jacket. So Houdini, being the smooth man he is, he's like, I could do that. Or rather, I could do that. So it's like, that's going to be my new thing. I've been doing handcuffs for a while and I got all this attention from the police and uh, people have. They, I have small recognition. Why do they call it a straight jacket? Shouldn't it be like a twisty jacket? Um, I don't know. That's that's a good question. I did learn that it's not spelt S-T-R-A-I-G-H-T. Rather, it's S-T-R-A-I-T. Straight oh, okay. jacket. I think it's its own thing. I don't know. I'm, I mean, it still should be called like a McTwisty jacket. And to be honest with you, I forgot where I wrote this down. So uh, the spelling I just gave you could be wrong, but I know it's not the other straight. I could tell you that much with confidence. Like the batting straight. Right. So now we got Houdini, who's like up all night thinking about these fucking tablecloths that he wants to dance with. So as you would expect, audience started, uh, you know, they, they liked it, but they started thinning out because it was just him in a straight jacket. And it would take like 20 minutes for him to get out. Pretty phenomenal because they're designed for people to not get out of but the audiences do thin a little bit, especially on this Tom, one West Coast tour. Yes, Tom, did yes, you come across how he actually got out of them? Did he oh, like dislocate his shit, dude. He just wriggled around. Like there's footage of how he did it, and it's it's exactly there's no trick. Like the guy is just uh, a worm. Oh, he just fucking moves. Now, like the handcuffs, those were lock picking tricks. Some of them were amazing because there was like a bunch of them and his hands wouldn't move. So he'd have to do it with his feet and his mouth and shit. But I want to see this man do the Macarena. Am I right? One of of the most stiff and rigid dances possible, but I want to see him do it. You know, I still don't know how to do the electric slide. 
You just had to, when it says boogie, 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 just like, go like, boogie, boogie, boogie. And then, you know, you're good. No, but see, this is the problem. There's a disconnect here. There's turning happening. People are sliding from one foot to the other. And you're just saying, oh, it's easy. Just do this. I can do this for the rest of the show. Yeah, but pretend you're doing it. And then just boogie, boogie, boogie. I mean, you might have no idea what you're doing. (laughs) This might be a turn of events when the two of us go to the fireman fair next month. And we start doing the electric slide on the dry um, grass. I, I'm just saying, Tom, next block party we show up, I don't need to do the electric slide because I'm going to win the pie eating contest. And you're going to be over there crying into your pie. I'm not entering the pie eating contest. Well, you're going to be crying into a pie that's in front of you. That I'm, I'm not put in front of you. Great. All right. I lost the pre-diabetic competition. I, I'm just crying. I don't know why. Because uh, I can't figure out the electric slide. Okay, so look, he's on tour. He's on the West Coast. Needed the police assistance to prove the authenticity, but he didn't want to abuse their services, so he went above and beyond. Uh, They didn't owe him anything at this point. This West Coast, they're like, we don't know who you are. We're not locking you up. Then he got him going. He was just like, you can do like whatever you want to me. You can suck my dick. You can can put locks on my penis and, uh, I don't know, another penis thing. You can do all that, too, if you want to use it. And they're they're like, all right, let's tape his mouth shut. And his legs all shackled up with 10 sets of cuffs and one that tied all the cuffs together. Do not tell a cop you can do whatever they want. Those people are egotistical maniacs. There is no evidence that Houdini wasn't, in fact, who diddled at one point. But... He the, so he gets the police to do this. They they do the strip search. They do the whole fucking shebang. They lock him in the interrogation room reluctantly. Keep in mind, this particular police officer, uh, police precinct in San Francisco is like, if he gets out of this, then I don't know. I guess we're all straight. So, yeah, <laughs> this is in San Francisco. He was definitely who diddled. So he's in there. He's he exits the locked room in under 10 minutes. And there's an audience outside that he had drummed up and everyone's losing their mind. Now, this was quite the spectacle, as I said, since it was more than one policeman coming by and just tying him up for a bit. This was like, we got him on lockdown. We got him. Okay, boys. Wait. He came out just like Osama. Well, hold on. Was this done at the old San Francisco Armory by any chance? It may have been. I, I don't know the exact location. Because you know that the old San Francisco Armory is now the head office of kink.com? I think Mike mentioned about how that's like a famous skate spot, too. Oh, yes. He did on the show that wasn't recorded, Tom. Right. I'm playing stupid here. (laughs) I miss him. I miss him a lot. Mm -hmm. All right. So he's out in Minneapolis now. He's on his tour. He meets this guy named Martin Beck, who's an entertainment agent. He books him all over the big vaudeville venues in the States. Martin Beck is responsible for getting Houdini really out there in the States. So now he's all famous stateside, and that's cool. All right, rise to fame. He's able to get out of anything. You got to keep keep in mind, like getting out of handcuffs, that was sick back then. That was a 900. So he's Anthony Hawk right now? He's Anthony Hawk, and everyone wants to show up to his Huck jam. Now, he had this sick act, and everyone's like, this is awesome. But he had another act that he liked to, to do, and this one's kind of fucked up. Uh, it's called the Hindu Needle Act. Oh, man. We're entering sounding territory. I knew it. It's, I knew it. Yeah, it's not good. So what he does is he swallows 40 needles, just regular as, you know, sewing needles. This is true. And then he slowly regurgitates them. But after swallowing a string, 
And as he regurgitates them, they're on the string. So he threads them while they're in his belly. That is crazy and disgusting. Yeah, man. <laughs> Confusing, right? That guy can suck mad tiny dicks. Like 40 yeah, of those? Is, this is David Blaine stuff, right? Like, I mean, that's what he does. He just puts himself in an orb of water and he's like, guess what? I'm a magician. Yeah, David Blaine does all this weird stuff that's not even magic. Like, not even close. He's just like, are you guys going to eat that? And be like, we're playing pool. Of course we're not going to eat these. And then he's just like, oh, it's too bad. And then eats like a whole pool cue. It <laughs> doesn't pay for it. And that's... <laughs> he walks out of the pool. Yeah. <laughs> Slightly uncomfortable, but like you watched him do yeah. it. Like he's he walks eating out of the it, pool. And he's staring at you. And he's showing the contents of his mouth. He's like, okay, die. Watch me suffer. Yeah, he walks out of the pool hall. Then turns around, opens the door, and just goes, like, on a creek and goes, magic. Yeah. And then leaves. It is it is weird. He went into that territory. I mean, I watched this documentary thing where he just eats glass. Like, what kind of sick man does that? And th the I mean, way he does the trick is he just eats glass. I mean, there's a great video of a man, I think it was in the Turks and Caicos, just eating sand. And, and <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that, you know what? That's not so much magic as it is tradition. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> As his popularity grew in the States, Beck, he's got him all over the States doing his thing. It books him and Best to do some shows in London, right? So Beck didn't do a great job promoting this visit. It's kind of hard, you know, over the ocean. It's like three weeks to get there, some dumb shit. So when he shows up, he's like, uh, why does no one know who I am? I was just famous over there. And they're like, well, I mean, that's. That's also really interesting because he has their same accent, apparently, according to Rose Mortem cast. Well, that's this is true. You know, he's he gets off the boat. He's like, <laughs> Bess, where's all the people that I thought was going to love me? Isn't it, Bess? Yeah. And I go, ho. And Bess, like. which I won't do her accent because we'll assume it's Chinese and that would be racist. So she's not she's not Chinese. But for the sake of this, she is. Right. She's so, South African, which is infinitely more racist than us doing a Chinese accent. Amen. Now, no one knew who he was, as I said, and the venue owner gave him a terrible time slot to work with, like the first week. So he goes, uh, this is not going to do. I'm going to go talk to me brothers out in Scotland Yard and break out of these handcuffs. They've got their damn English ones and dazzle them local newspapers, isn't it? So he works every time. Absolutely happened. Walks over to Scotland Yard. Yes. Every time, boy. So they lock him up. They're like, you're not going to get over British steel, you weenie. This is Sheffield steel, boy. Oh. And he does. They break. He breaks out. And everyone's like, oh, my Lord. Isn't it something else, isn't it? And, and everyone goes crazy. They're like, we'll buy tickets to that show. Right. So the guy who owns the venue goes, Oh, you know those terrible time slots? Well, I'm going to give you a better time slot all this week. And how would you like to make your week-long stay a six-month stay? So Houdini's got this salary now. He's like, yeah. He does six months there. Kills Hell it yeah. in London. He travels all over Europe, where it's a lot closer, to be fair. So everyone's like, uh, I heard of you. I'm from France. And you're not far from where I live, so I've heard of you. We don't he, like English, but I am from France. So, I love cheese and wine. Would you like to see my country? It's got soft cheeses and uh, grass. 
Do they have grass in? Are they grass people? Uh, yeah, I think they. I think that's one of those countries that has grass. But also, I'd love to see Houdini. I'd see a Frenchman go, Houdini, would you like to escape from this uh, keg of wine? Do they put wine in kegs? I don't know. They put in barrels, don't they? Yeah. Well, they... barrel. Right. It's a barrel. Can we lock you in here? Wee oui, wee, oui, uh, Mr. Houdini. Come on by and I'll feed you grapes until you're dead. Yeah. His new name is now Houdain Cook, the master <laughs> magician. Look, I can make all these college kids' grades disappear. <laughs> uh, Dane Cook. Uh, yeah, man. I like that. Okay, so just to illustrate uh, how word of mouth traveled in Europe in the early 1900s. <laughs> fucking got me. <laughs> Take your time. I need a minute. All right, I'm back. Um, so to illustrate how amazing the word of mouth was like around Europe at this time, Jews were not allowed to travel in Russia at all in the early 1900s. And he basically got the pass. Everyone wanted to see him do this shit. We want to see the slippery Jew, they yelled. <laughs> I mean, Lenin, Lenin loved a good trick. Trotsky also did, yeah. too. That's why he slipped away to Mexico and Stalin had him shivved to death in Mexico City. Escape from bare skin. You have two Russian vodka bottles up your anus and we escape. Right. Now, one controversial thing that did happen in Germany, Cologne, Germany. We got a police officer there who sees uh, him breaking out of these jails and shit and he goes, I know how he's breaking out. Bribery. And he gets very public with that. And he starts talking to newspapers. And Houdini's like, what the, what, what the fuck? What, what the fuck? So he actually sues this guy. Really? Yeah, for slander. Well, I mean, we don't know. The guy might have had a point. Houdini was, I mean, you see those ladies that can make, uh, you know, they, they stick the cherry in their mouth and they tie the, the cherry knot. I just know, assumed, to... yeah, I just assumed that all women just had a tied up cherry knot, like hidden in the back of their throat, like <laughs> yeah. a cyanide pill. Like men have cyanide uh, pills and ladies right. have that. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure Houdini could do that. So I'm sure he could do some little mouth magic if he wanted to really escape from a jail. It's not impossible. Hey, give me a quick kiss before I go in, deputy sheriff. Ah, uh, well, uh, 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 you're Jewish. No, 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 no. You're going to want to kiss this mouth. <laughs> I'll let this guy out. I just got a, I just got a, a fresh bag of guilt. <laughs> I will show you the Jew gold in the entrance to the center <laughs> of the earth. Right. But in Germany, they had very strict laws at the time. I, I mean, they're German. Um, they had these strict yeah, laws. This is, is post Nazis. Post Nazis. Sorry, this is post Nazis. No, this is pre Nazis. So, this is pre. This oh, is yeah, pre. Sorry, this pre cum Nazis. So right. they're still Nazis there. They're still Nazis. They still hate Jews. And yeah, you're going to get a quick slander if you're Jewish and you're in the region. But they have very strict laws about slander and they have strict laws about false advertisement. So the spiritualist movement never actually hit Germany because if you're caught being a fake spiritualist, you'd actually go to jail. It wasn't just like, ah, I don't see that guy anymore. So interestingly enough, they still do. Did you, have you seen that documentary about the techno Viking? Oh, no. I've heard about like some sticky shit involving him. Like he got all 
um, what's her name? Barbara Streisand about it, right? Yeah. So fucking, if you've seen the meme, if you, if you haven't seen the meme, type in techno Viking, and it's this guy during the street festival, and he looks like a Viking. He's doing the little rave dance, and this dude like went to court and won, and they did a whole like documentary about him, but they couldn't say his name or show his image, so they had to like get creative because like of the laws in Germany where it's like, you've slandered my name and like, I've moved on since my raving Viking past. Right. Cause yeah, you know, Germany's he has kids been... and he doesn't yeah. want them to know that he was once fun. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. If you have children, you have to be boring as shit. That's what something I've learned in my thirties. Right. And it, dude, it's still, a, it was, it was active back then. So the same stuff Travis is talking about right now. I say Travis is, this, you know, uh, there's Mike here. And he forgets oh, yeah. our names a lot. Um, Houdini sues this guy. And the way he wins over the judge is actually by breaking into the judge's safe. Oh, shit. He's like, I could just do whatever. Like, I'm fucking Houdini. And he did it really quick. And later on, he kind of spilled the beans on this one. He said the judge actually didn't lock his safe um, at all. Oh. So it was like, it just worked. It was a gimme. But he could have easily gotten some handcuffs on him and and showed the judge. It would have been fine. Maybe he had the judge hank of him and have his way. Mm. Now, Houdini's like, he's pretty much top of his game right now. Everyone in America knows who this little guy is. And uh, he goes from doing the handcuffs and the straight jackets. And he's like, I'm going to have to do more because uh, I feel like I'm losing. I got to revise the act and I got to put myself in more danger. Also, okay. a lot of a lot of copycats start surfacing, uh, which we'll talk about in a bit. So to stay ahead of the copycats, he's just like, I'm just going to. All right. Instead of being just handcuffed and I have to get out of it, I'm going to be put in handcuffs and then a burlap sack and then in a milk crate and then dropped into the ocean. So he has like family guy syndrome where like like when Peter fought the chicken for the first time, that was funny. And then they just kept adding. To right. It. You're like, OK, kind of, uh, kind of. But. There took there was a little talent behind it because you actually had to keep your cool. Okay, There's so a that's the, bit, the major yeah, difference. Seth MacFarlane, a little bit more talent. One time in Boston, he used a whale carcass that had washed up on shore to escape from. The idea was, you if you could put this guy in something, he would escape it. He even took on challenges from craftsmen. Any challenges that he felt he could do, he would just do it. He'd be like, "Ah, uh, you you built a box, I'll do it." Uh, he broke out of like a giant football one time it just sounds like a pinata i'm not really sure what the challenge was on that one i want to uh, see he... him i want to see him cased in a giant baloney and see if he can get out of that right i don't know he might be able to he might once he was challenged by a brewery to get out of a barrel of beer okay now this would have been fine if the beer didn't create so much carbon dioxide. So he never actually considered that the the chair, like the little chamber of air in the top of the barrel that he would use to sustain himself would be all poisonous carbon dioxide. <laughs> so he went up there and uh, he takes a little sip of that carbon dioxide and goes, oh shit, I'm dying now. So nope. uh, after the bucket stopped moving for a bit, they cracked it open and he, uh, he lived, but he, I think that was the first time he drank. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was. That was probably a fun night for him. After I want that to happen to me. Patreon.com slash Rosemortemcast. Block me in a barrel of, of booze. Let's get this seconds. boy in a barrel. Yeah, pickle me. 
<laughs> London, 1904. Harry took on a challenge to escape from a set of handcuffs designed to defeat him. The London Daily Mirror threw what was probably the most boring escape event ever. Now, this one's important to talk about because this is like apparently the most famous handcuff escaping ever. Allegedly, the handcuffs took five years to craft, which is like suspicious already. The event was attended by over 4,000 people. It took over an hour for Houdini to break out of the cuffs, and he did it in a booth that was on stage hidden from the audience. At one uh, point, bullshit. If you're hiding behind something, you can't do that. Well, a lot of the times the escape people would do that. It was like, no one's here. No one's helping me. You know, uh, I don't know. Whatever. I think he may, maybe he just had a long, thin, flexible penis. Right. Would get you... into the, 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 into the lock and hit all those pins. Well, isn't that a great reason to not show your hand or your penis? I'm just saying, maybe you just show your hands and they'd be like, what is that weird mystery thing that looks like an echidna's penis popping up from under the curtain? No, see, I think the thing is you want to be behind the curtain because like if that start wiggling up and you get real good at it, someone's going to be like, ah, worm. And then they're going (laughs) to blast you. They're going to throw a bowling ball at you. That's my reaction whenever I see an earthworm. I just want to stomp on it. (laughs) No, I love little earthworms. They're cool. But Tom, continue. I could talk about earthworms for the next hour. Yeah, no, I, I've been there. Uh, so at one point, he comes out of the booth sweaty as a pig, asking if he could be let out of the, the cuffs briefly to take off his jacket. The representative of the mirror declined the request, so Houdini took out a pen knife, from, pen knife from his front pocket, put it in his mouth, and cut off his jacket. And everyone was like, ooh, ah. And then he went back inside the booth for another 35 minutes or so, and he finally comes out cuff-free, and everyone goes, oh, shit! Damn, dog. That's it. So did he do that shit just so people could see his fucking abs or some shit? Like some fucking stud muffin? Yeah, maybe. I can't write it off, that's for sure. He did have great abs. I mentioned before. He's basically mostly ab and uh, some horseradish. So Houdini... There's one thing. So, like I said, this is one of the biggest events that Houdini is known for. He did some other crazy shit after this that that were was filmed. Even as way more um, entertaining than a man hiding in a locker and getting these handcuffs off. So here's the thing. Um, this was probably a setup. Okay. Like Houdini was friends with one of the guys at the Daily Mirror, and the way the challenge actually came to be was he was doing a show and a man comes up and goes i challenge you to get out of these and houdini makes a big stink going those are not regulation handcuffs i can't do that so the guy starts talking smack and he's just like oh you can't do it so then it becomes this big thing well fine i'll I'll do it give me a week so they do the event and uh houdini does come out there's all this speculation about like there was a key hidden somewhere there's a part where Bess came over and kissed him, but the key for this specific, I think it was called a Brommer lock. It's like six inches long. It goes all the way inside of a cylinder. So it's not like a, like a piano wire could pull this one off. Time again, me so hard right now. So, uh, weird. You're my friend. (laughs) Well, it's just the two of us now. So, um, this is the best time to do it. Yeah, that's right. When no one's listening, now, no one at all. Not a single person. Put a little reverb on that. 
So uh, there was another couple reasons why it was weird. Firstly, they advertised that like it was five years to make these cuffs. And uh, apparently Houdini was the one who popularized the whole handcuff thing. And yeah, there was a lot of copycats, but this is in 1904 and he hadn't been over in England up until 1901. So there's no way that anyone in England would start making handcuffs to defeat him two years prior. And on top of which, Ah. on top of which they have to stamp any precious metal. So they gave him replica handcuffs of those same cuffs uh, that were made out of silver. Now, when you're in England, and you're working with precious metals, you have to stamp it. And the stamp for this replica predated the event by like a whole year. This is King George's official stamp. It's a tiny anteater. He loves anteaters. He claps all day. He has seven of them that hang out in in, in, uh, Hyde Park. (laughs) When I first watched that Chris Angel uh, stunt where he was able to get out of a cage or put himself in a cage using a monster energy car. I don't remember all the details, but what I do remember is there was a lot of fancy editing happening. Shut, shut your fucking goddamn mouth. There was no fancy editing. I was there. You were, you were the editor. No, but no, my I problem was is that I, I know there. it's real. I know it was real. Yeah. And yeah, if they I didn't saw, edit. Yeah. I okay. saw Christopher Angel chug seven monster energy drinks and he shot that car right into that box. Right, which was way more exciting the event that I just described of Houdini's, yeah. where a man uh, yeah. goes into a curtained-off room, and I forgot to mention there was a band playing, tense music. for So it's like an hour, hour, 15 minutes of, of people just being like, oh, man, I hope he gets out of there. And a bunch yeah. of press people being like, hey, you better not get out of there. I want to talk shit about him. Like, imagine going to that show. Like, you know, whenever you go to a show, right, you got to secure your spot in the crowd, right? Like, you got to get there early or like get the during intermission, like work your way towards the front. Right. Like it's just an hour of like nothing. So what is this hitting the bar? I mean, the, the, the owners of this venue must've loved it. Oh, it's my scrumpy Jack. I'm selling so many of them. <laughs> scrumpy Jack right now. Houdini, Houdini, please come back to my establishment. Now Houdini wasn't crazy about his lack of education. Okay. He felt the need to flex how smart he was. Uh, he knew how to read and write. He would tell people. In fact, he brought a massive typewriter everywhere he went as his handwriting was miserable. Now, he also began amassing a giant collection of books for his New York brownstone that he bought. Uh, on top of collecting, he began writing books about magic and escapism. Uh, not escapism, escapists. Escape. Escape. It's not, escapism is like Star Wars. This is escape, escapistizing. Yeah, that's like when I play the Fallout. Yeah, when you're trying to zone out, you want to watch Gordon Ramsay yell at a 16-year-old. That's escapism. When you want to watch someone break out of a beer battle, that's escapistism. Yes. And one book he wrote, it was called The Right Way to Do Wrong, an expose of successful criminals. And it's just that. In fact, I want to read this book. I haven't gotten to it yet. It's a guide on how to not get conned by charlatans. Hey, but hold it on. really served as like how to be a con or a charlatan. I was and just gonna say that, Tom. If you write something about how not to con someone, how to not to get conned, the con artists are just gonna read what you wrote. Right. Look, I think it's pretty funny because I truly believe that Houdini had a lot of faith in people, and he thought that they would not do that. 
They'd only use it to be able to spot pickpockets and provide justice to their fellow men. Well, right. That's I mean, that's the same reasoning that whoever wrote the anarchist cookbook was like, people are going to buy this book if they ever need to rebel against the tyranny of the government. <laughs> and then you, you get the Columbine. Kids reading. Right. Exactly. Yeah. There's a nail bomb in the middle of driver's <laughs> yeah, ed. Yeah, right. like, yeah, that's really rebelling against the goddamn tyrannical government. <laughs> of course, uh, as I mentioned, he bought that brownstone and his mother lived there as well staying around this giant but when i said this library i mentioned this library it's actually one of it is the largest collection of magic and occultist books for the time i believe david copperfield bought the collection uh he owns a lot of houdini stuff uh i thought he that made was a the book. statue of liberty disappear dude and we all believe him yeah because we should also have here's a here's a recommendation you have shutter right yeah i didn't I don't know if it's on there. This is a great horror movie, so maybe this isn't even a promotion for Shudder. But check out <laughs> The Ninth Gate with John, John Depp. I don't know that one. So Not- John Depp in a Roman Polanski movie, and he's like an occult book collector. It's one of my favorite movies. If you haven't seen Ninth Gate, check it I out. I haven't seen that. No, I've seen the one where he eats corn at the end and gets beaten up by his girlfriend. No. Or that- that's just TV, right? The end of that, uh, spoilers, the end of the movie, he just bangs abroad. How long? Uh, it's hot. It's it's Jean Depp, and he has a goatee. Uh, I'll see you there, man. I'll see you on Shudder looking for a movie that's probably <laughs> maybe, maybe not on there. it's on Shudder, I don't it's know. Probably it's probably not. It's probably not. It's pretty, you know, it's good, but limiting. It's also Roman Polanski, and he raped people. Well, he raped person, okay? Be careful. Alleged. Oh no. He, no! There's a reason he's he's uh, in yeah. Poland or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, nah, I don't, don't want to go where they persecute for that stuff. I'll just live in France, where love is a concept. Now, where the hell was I? So he's got all his books, yada yada yada. Books. Who cares about books? Um, he had a thing for death. He was a teenager at heart. We could all figure that out. That's just uh, yeah. You want to bang in the cemetery? Yeah, I was gonna think. I was gonna get coffee and pour it on my. Uh, I was gonna get sad. I was gonna say the best date. All right, baby, I'm gonna take you on a great date. First, we're gonna Auntie Anne's. You can get. You can get that. Trust me, girl. You can get that large pretzels with cinnamon on them. Then we gonna go to Spencer's. You get one hat, and then we go on a hot topic. You can get one Rick and Morty shirt. Damn, dude. I know, you, right? You I know how to lay it on thick, dude. Are you saying this like all while you're painting your nails too? You're kind of looking down, like, like well, I'm I not actually looking manicure. at the girl. That's what I'm saying. You're looking down at at your nails that you're doing, and yeah. you won't make eye contact. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, as you guessed it, Houdini was very rich at this point. He got the books. He got the fame. He's got the Harlem Brownstone. He gets a little into the Liberace territory with the self-iconization, if you know what I'm talking about. If you listen to the Liberace episode, you'd understand that he um, he just made his, everything, including his boyfriends, look like him. Yeah, I was um, saying, did, wait, did Houdini fuck himself? What are we talking about? No, he didn't do that. I mean, Bess is not that pretty of a woman, and he's not that pretty of a man. They're really made for each other. I mean this in the self-absorbing, like, all over the house was tile that has a, had his initials, like HH, everywhere you look. I'm pretty sure the soap that he got in said HH on it. Just Tom, way too much of his own name. 
over under on serial killerness if you have a mirror above your bed? Uh, under, way under, way under, way under. Yeah, yeah. Way so under. like, not a serial killer at all. Ne- what are the chances? Truly, I'm- I think that's just a love making person. I mean, so do you think Houdini had a mirror above his bed while he was railing Bess? No, probably not. Oh, okay, because then she might see some of his tricks. <laughs> you know, he he actually brought the box curtain into bed. But I will let me follow up with this: if you have a mirror on your floor, you're a serial killer. That's <laughs> okay. that's if you see mirrors on the floor. I'm not doing a table and have a few bumps of nose beers if they. Well, you know what I'm saying. Do you, just yeah. take your take your shoes off, darling. What's the mirror? Well, I'm just saying, I mean, uh, this is a very early in the 20th century. Houdini probably busted out some moves that you could find on AdamandEve.com as twisty, shitty, vibrating shit. He was twisty. You're definitely right. Like, yeah, great point. Um, So anyway, uh, like, that's really the self-indulgence thing. He really wasn't that crazy into it. It was the it was the amount of just like I don't think he had a lot of self-portraits made or anything like that. He wasn't he didn't feel royal, but he felt important. Um, most of the time he was home, he was practicing or studying this guy. He didn't really take a day off. He was, he had that, he had that immigrant drive, you know, that admirable yeah. immigrant drive that built this country with two or sometimes one hand. Um, they also he, made excellent Americanized food. The Chinese, yeah. they made the railroad. The, they, yeah, they did it. They, yeah. they got us from here to there. And, uh, we thank them for their service. I uh, thank you for General Sounds. I can't wait to have to learn Mandarin in like 16 months. Oh, well, yeah. Biden state mandated. You have to learn yeah. Cantonese and Mandarin. <laughs> you have to like Transformers. Yeah. Very sick. Now, Harry, uh, he's he used to just take like ice baths and it wasn't a thing to relax himself or like do a sports. You know, how sports people do the ice baths. He would I just do, do ice it. baths. Do you? Yeah. I love what it. is that like? You're just, you're, you're ready for it. Like, I haven't done it in a while because, like, my bathtub's really small right now and I'm a big man. Right. But you just sit in the bath and then you get, like, you go to, you go to 7 Eleven and you get, like, a bag of ice and you just throw that shit in there and, like, your body just is like, oh, oh, and you just, I mean, it's close to coming, except your penis is very small and you're not. Anywhere close to ejaculating. Yeah, it looks like you just poked a snail in the eye. And it's like... Uh... No, I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty much dead from from my follicles down. <laughs> All right. So he takes Dude, would you want to go to Spencer's with me? You know what, like, man. I'll meet you over I'm there, like dude. Dead, I, dude. I'll paint your nails if you pay mine. Pretty dark. Do you, uh, you know they sell like a necklace with like penis candies around it? You know, like, could you imagine... Like an adult getting really into that stuff, but later, like a forty-five-year-old being like, "Yeah, these, these kind of my look. I really kind of get look. this." Imagine oh, having yeah. kids and you come home and you're just like, "Dad, your pants are pinstriped." Ah, uh, it's kind of my look now, son. Son, um, why so serious? Really? Yeah, good. Right. Okay, where the hell are we? Right. So he's holding his breath under this ice water all the time because he's trying to get extreme. He's trying to whim Hoff, okay? So Harry is upset that Bess and him hadn't been able to conceive of a child. One theory is that Houdini was sterile due to messing around with an x-ray machine too much with his brother. I don't know. One of them, one of his brothers just got an x-ray machine. They're just like, oh, you want to see what your balls look like? 
So that we we already talked about this. This was on the Tesla episode where Mark Twain and fucking Tesla were like, "Go X-ray machine. Let's fucking see what a penis inside of a penis looks like. Is it really a bone?" This is like what they you deserve though, because like it's a form of of uh of masturbating like in public just constantly taking photos of yourself the way you know it would be nice if tiktok people like tiktok should give off a little radiation so yeah. you can you you can use it a few hundred times beyond that if that's where you're living your life maybe face cancer isn't I the think, worst thing for you i think tom i think you're onto something tiktok please shoot some x-rays into these people that are making videos of themselves making expressions and calling themselves actors. I'm not trying to have these kids shot on go one. No, but just I'm a saying, slow death, a slow one. I'm saying if there's like 10 posts a day, yeah. maybe, maybe a summer of chemo will, yeah. will put you in your in your place. Called perspective. But also uh, to give to give those men credit, Mark Twain, Hootinus, and Tesla and his brother and whoever um, if we had a magic machine, that would be like, hey, man, you want to see what's going on inside my body? And we didn't know anything about radiation. How many times would we be zapping each other? Travis, we're the same age and we would have both been dead like tw- <laughs> 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, We're not even that old. Like, yeah. but we would have. You're right. Uh, we would have been right. dead, yeah. dude. We would have been. I would have had a boob on growing out of my left sack eight times over. I guess what, uh, yeah, who are we kidding? You know, who are we kidding? It is yeah. actually pretty cool. I probably would have been sterile. Thank God I'm not. I, I have one ball working. Another thing that upset Houdini was these ripoff acts. I mentioned them before. They were coming out of the woodwork. Loads of people started doing similar acts and even touring on them. One act that drove him mad was the Davenport brothers. Now, they did lots of the same style, like escape acts, like getting out of trunks and shit like that, but... Their spin on it, why Houdini hated it so much, was that he they were saying that they were getting released by spirits. The spirits ah. were doing all the work. So Houdini is just like, no, you did it, and we know you did it. That, yeah, that's just like the ghost hunters. Because whenever you watch the ghost hunters, it starts out, and they're in their regular old rotor-rooter van, right? They're plumbers. And right. they show up to the house, and they're like, we're going to find ghosts. Like, no, dude, you're going to find turds. You're a plumber. Like, <laughs> you're a plumber. You just clear my, my pipe. Wait, Travis, what was that noise? Yeah, what, what was that? I, uh... Are you kidding me? I really do like those shows. Are you? Are you? What, what was that? Did you yeah. fucking know what that? Did you, with the beep and everything? Did you hear that? Tom, did you fucking hear that? Tom was a man. Did you just hear him say, I beat him so hard? Houdini, sometimes, he would uh, attend these acts in disguise with a mustache. Or perhaps some Groucho Marx glasses. And Straight up, play. Waluigi boy! Oh, he was ready to go. It was tennis time. You know what I'm talking about? So he's out there at these spiritual acts, and he he was like rich, where he was like, uh, my competitor's doing a show across town. Get me a carriage. I'm going over there. So he would. And he'd mess up these people's acts. He would do the same fucking thing. He'd every time he was there, he would firstly challenge them to do something else and then call them out and just yell at the top of his lungs about how he's the real deal. And all these people, fake spirits, yada, yada, yada. I was going to call him the backwards Carlos Mencia. 
Oh, uh, fair enough. Where it's yeah. like, hey, that's my oh, that's I wrote that. <laughs> I wrote that. Just because you did keto and you lost all the weight doesn't make you funny. It makes you less funny. We Is all like still- you as the fat Spanish man, and he was the one that um, uh, podcast god legend Joseph Rogan called out for stealing jokes. Damn, dude. Well, we all owe something to Joe. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think he did so much DMT that. You know, I mean, it, I don't think the technology for podcasts would exist without him. I, I think you're right. And uh, I just want to say rest in peace because, you know, uh, <laughs> he's really done a lot. And um, yeah, I mean, I he's he's, at, yeah. he's five foot three. So really, re, please rest in peace. All right. Here's a fun activity. Imagine that Houdini looks just like Joe Rogan because they're pretty much the same height. Yeah. And uh, they're both shredded and they both have thick necks. Well, Izzy, did you see that picture of him coming out of the hot tub? He's got some man tits going on nowadays. Maybe Houdini was titting around too. No matter how much he, uh, how many of these boondogglers Harry would publicly lambast, he could never get them to go away. So he increased the risks again. One which stunt was the milk can escape. Now, he had gotten out of barrels before, but milk cans, dude, you might. Yeah, Mama, you might be asking, Mama what's a milk can? Mama Mia, milkers. Big old plumpers. That's right, man. He would escape the breasts of Las Vegas women. Of hentai just women in titties. General. Yeah. No, no, no. This is this thing called a milk can. It's basically uh, where farmers put milk. And they made an oversized one that was extremely tight. For sure. Um, oh, I, dude, Tom, I am so fucking hard right now. I'm thinking oh, a, of so many hentais. This is quite the uh, the can situation going oh. on here. They'd shove this man inside this can, and he would get out of this. And uh, a few of them, a few of these copycat boys, they tried this stunt. And let me tell you, it did not go well because they died. And that's pretty funny because it was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious because also you could yeah. die in big titty anime titties if you don't know how to use them right. Some people just peel over. They just go. Yeah, they just now, go. other times he uh, other times he uh, was shackled up and thrown off a bridge and escaped a drowning death. Uh, then he began locking himself inside shipping crates and getting all straight jacketed up and tossed in front of the water uh, so, as promotion. Uh, Tom, he would do this. Yes. W- was that first um, act called the, the drowning pool? Uh, yeah, it was all about like, because I think that's what that song's about. I think that, yeah, you just cracked yeah. a nut in my head. Dude, uh, I know. I dig deep, dude. Illuminati confirmed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, with no further maneuver, Houdini been doing this shtick where he was like uh, putting himself in the crates. Like I mentioned, he's really up in the stakes here, right? A lot of guys died, uh, but it was funny. And everything I'm talking about is pretty stupid. So Houdini had been doing the shtick for a while and his body starts to hurt because the whole straight jacket thing, as I mentioned before, you just got to do it. Yeah. It, there's no like trick. You just have to beat the shit out of yourself until you come out of this thing. You got to vibrate a lot. Right. A lot of shaking. Yeah, so at age vibing. 40, at age 40, he ruptures a kidney uh, because he usually had volunteers like tie him up in the straight jacket. So they... People knew they was legit. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a bunch of young sailor men who, right after gay sex, they came up and they really pulled the chains quite tight on him and they ruptured a kidney. Tom, over under on sea shanties, gay or not? Uh, gay and 
A lot of fun, probably. Joe, I'm saying it's the best. Having a good tune like that? Why the hell not? Tom, I we think used to do it, bonus content where we harmonize. We used to do that when we were drunk. We did that a lot. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. weren't good at it, but it no. was fun. Yeah. Because neither of us have... Well, this here's the thing. You're very operatic within your approach. I, I like Donkey Kong. This is a very operatic yeah. uh, video game. Right. And I sing like... Uh, uh, like someone making fun of Barbara Streisand. That's how I sound. So bonus content coming soon. We'll do a little sea shant. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll why see not? what the sea, the snow sea can keep us apart. Right. So the once invincible boy, he starts getting stale over here, right? He's got the rupture. The doctor's like, take three months off. And he's just like, no, I'm not doing that. Oh, why is he Brooklyn all of a sudden? Oh, there's no way I'm doing that. I've got to go up on stage that night. And show these people that I can do anything. That's very uh, canon. Yeah, he, I think he passed out that night because, you know, <laughs> his kidney was a, a, a fucking squished plum. And uh, he had to tap out for about 10 days, but pretty much the rest of his life was an agonizing pain because of this kidney. He just never really got a treat. He could have got it removed, but he just let it be. Um, let it be. 19, let it be. Let it be. He, now, in 1915, he's not in the best condition, but he's still out there, and he performs another one of the most iconic escapes, which is the gentleman being hung upside down on a crane over New York City with easily 100,000 people watching. The video of this is in the Library of Congress. You can look it up on YouTube. Um, Wait, do you, do you, are you telling me that Lindsey Graham has watched this video and has jerked off to it? He definitely has done the latter. I don't know if he's watched it. He may have just conceptualized it. Okay, because this is a very... In in the BDSM community, suspension is a very hot and, and, and intense thing you can do. Okay. And I can imagine Lindsey Graham and his southern uh, delicacy. His, his, southern his, his delicacy? Delicacy. His <laughs> delicacy of a body that Lindsey Graham has. His lace voice. His laced voice would be like, I would love to see the Harold Houdini see it upside down. Oh, yeah. I call my pee. Blood rushing to his penis. Yeah. I call my PP disbelief. Suspensions of disbelief is what gets me off. I call my penis the war of northern aggression because it's always <laughs> shooting north. I call my war penis the war of 1812 penis because no one remembers it. Except for my Korean wife. Forgot about that. She's she's she had the surgery. She's yeah. not really Korean. She's one of those fakes. She got into one direction and they're Asian, apparently. Or no, what is it? Uh back backstreet uh Buddhist. what is it? They're Buddhist. No, what are they? BTS. BTS. Yeah. They have a chicken nugget brand at McDonald's. Do they? Yeah. It's unbelievable what those boys have accomplished <laughs> unbelievable they're right up there with the wright brothers um <laughs> but certain, tom please continue putting miles in the same year uh houdini performed a buried alive escape that was an absolute failure six feet down no coffin houdini ended up crawling his way out almost to the finish line and then he panicked and started screaming now, that one was a real ego blow. It wasn't a stop, but it was the first time he was just like, well, I was actually in danger right there. I, uh, let me do that again, but different. 
1913, his mother does die. Uh, while he's over in Europe, I think he's in Denmark doing doing a date, and he cancels the rest of the shows and heads back to New York, where he was sad for a long time. We all know that. Um, yeah. Here, how how sad? Too sad. The only thing he did. Uh, when it comes to leaving the house, was to visit his mother's grave for the better part of three months. So, did he have someone handcuff him behind the grave so he could just escape, just so he's keeping up on his his abilities? Could you imagine, like you know, that classic, like "Mom, not you, no," and then like as they're burying her, he jumps on the coffin, and everyone's trying to get him off, but he keeps escaping, and he's just kind of yeah. painted on there. <laughs> he goes in with the grave and does the fucking Kill Bill one punch until he's out of the. All the way to the ground. He actually did do a buried alive act after that failure one I mentioned, but he did use a coffin for that very reason to give himself some space. Oh, the one punch. Yeah. Did he do it with his mom though? Did he with his mom in the grave? With his mom in the in the coffin and with him. All right, Cecilia, put your tights on. We're going upstairs. I I don't know. (laughs) It's a great question. Maybe he just brought his mom's skull around in a bag. We yeah. we, We don't know. Roast mortem true. Right. So after this, he's upset. Uh, this is probably when he cheated on his wife. He wrote about suicide in his journals all the time. Um, basically, this is kind of what got the gears going again on the spiritualism shit that I mentioned earlier. Before, it was okay. just like, I feel bad. You know, these people can't contact none of their parents. They, you know, they're asking to see their dead parents, and they, they're being lied to by uh, Mary Beth Sue over there. I don't know why he's from Brooklyn again. I now he totally... is. It's all right. He's 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 his accents changed. That's and he's from Brooklyn. Yeah, hey, you so... guys, I'm going to Coney Island. I did performance in Coney Island. You guys remember Coney Island? Me too. Where are you from? You want to hang out? You guys have boyfriends? I'm from Staten Island, just like that jackass from fucking Saturday Night Live. Hey, you know it's like New York and shit. You come for the traffic and you stay for the traffic. That's it. I'm not sure which one of these friends recommended it because he was friends with two, two these two people. Uh, he was recommended a spiritualist by either C.S. Lewis, who's the authors of the author of the Chronicles of Narnia and the Screwtape Letters, or Sherlock Holmes biographer Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Um, yes, and one uh, of these guys who he was friends with not for much longer said, "Yeah, I mean, we went into the real story of Sherlock Holmes, and you should listen to that." Yeah, it's uh, pretty amazing. Although Harry wanted to make contact with his beloved Cecilia mother, he was skeptical, as you should be. He agreed to do the seance with the spiritualist of recommendation. Now, when the spiritualist said to have made contact with the mother and wrote down a letter from his mother, Harry grew furious as the letter was in English and Cecilia never spoke English. She spoke German, Romanian, just like, um, what's his name? Rabbi Mayer did. German, Romanian, yeah. Romanian, Yiddish, Hungarian. They knew a lot of stuff. In fact, she spoke a weird mixture of them. Like when she spoke with Harry, it was not just one. So the fact that he, she was so far off by using a language that she never used. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're done. So I know that this I know that this is his mother, but I feel like that's just grandmothers in general. Like my grandmother used to say, oh, and Basaf du hound. Which Oyestanem is, I think, Yiddish or Hungarian. I can't remember. And Basaftu Hound is German. But she just randomly say different languages. And she'd say Dasvidanya in Russian. Because why not? 
Why not? I mean, that's fun. I mean, it's, it's, I know a lot of people's grandparents who just say the N word a lot. And it's like, come on, <laughs> stop. Yeah, it. you know, yeah. Come on, guys. I know you're guys. dying, but guys, come on, learn guys. something from us. Um, yeah. Think like a Gen Zer, guys. Yeah, grow up. You're not, you're not going to get much of a TikTok <laughs> following with that word. Yeah. Grow up, silent generation. Speak up. Your voice matters. <laughs> Quit being so lost and stupid. Be loud and obnoxious. Okay. So he starts attending these seances in disguise, as he did with his, uh, you know, all these other, uh, the, the, the ripoff acts that were coming out. He would go over there, these seances, and halfway through the little spooky ordeal, he'd be like, and just flip a table, and you'd see something on the floor that was just like, hey, you're ringing the toe with your bell. I mean, the bell with your toe. Yeah, ringing the, the toe with your bell. Well, I'll never... ring a ding, 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 ding. You guys know how smooth I am. Yeah. Just fucking up words Well, I'm just that. saying, these people are the most deplorable humans. You have real estate agents, which I think are the most deplorable, like in certain states, and then psychics. Psychics are pretty bad. I don't really like uh, what's her name? Oh, I don't like Hillary Clinton. <laughs> She's like That's that. Funny. She's I don't bad. like Lindsey Graham. Yeah, he's not nice either. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I'm really into his Vermin Supreme. He's my Great. favorite. Great he's, guy. That's that's you know when you're looking for someone to start making sense. In 1917, when Woodrow Wilson officially entered the states into the battlegrounds of World War One, Houdini tried to enlist immediately, but he was 43, and the recruiting officers were like, "Uh, lay your handcuffs." So uh, Harry identified as an American hardcore. He actually lied about his birthplace publicly stating that Appleton, Wisconsin was where he was born, and he claimed to have a different birthday for some reason. I don't know. Uh, he performed a lot of gigs for the military camps out there. He, he went out there. He did his part. He was an original USO guy. He opted out of a lot of high-paying gigs for this, and the reason I bring this up is that uh, he's not good with money. So he he's not broke, but he took a lot of the money he made and just terrible investments. Really right. awful investor, and he's a lavish spender. He buys a lot of tile with his name in it. So Houdini, right? Um, so, so we're dealing with a regular old uh, modern day Scott Stapp. Yeah, a modern day Scott Stapp. Yeah, we gotta we gotta take the yeah. Scott Stapp of yesteryear, who has certainly learned his lesson, yeah. and uh, apply it here when it comes to how he just heard the news today. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you treat your money like human clay, come on. Yeah. Um, uh, not every car dealership loves the song with arms wide open. They're just, no. they're selling you a bag of ham. Okay. Look yeah. through it. Yeah. Houdini started a film company called Houdini Film Corp around 1920 in an attempt to capture some of his stunts. He, he wanted to film it once and put it out there. So he didn't have to fuck up his body anymore. Oddly enough, this never caught on as the film company did fold. Now, I think it had something to do with, like, they just don't look that cool. Like, people didn't trust what was happening on film. Well, uh, that, and also Edison had the his firm dick inserted into every camera at the time. Well, that's true, yeah. So he did, yeah. he did do some film work. He was a super effects supervisor on a few films, and he acted a couple times, but 
Um, he had too much of, a, I'm going to use this term again because it applies. He had too much of a hardworking immigrant face. And when I say that, I mean, too few expressions like serious. I'm doing work more serious. We have to hurry up and finish the work and then kind of like pretend happy or like concerned. So his face just couldn't sell it. This is the silent era. No one's listening to him. They're just looking at that mug and they're going, yeah. what is he thinking right now? If you've seen anyone from Eastern Europe, like Russia, Eastern Europe, like if you've ever hung out with them while they're drinking, you can't tell if they're drunk or not. There's just there's no expression. expression. I think the, the part that's horrifying is you can't tell if they want to fight you or not. Or that. Yeah. Or that. Or fuck you. Yeah. Or in 1923, at the age of 49, he's elected to the Society for American Magicians. He used the vinegar of his mother's death to lead the campaign against fake mediums of America, like John Edwards. Now, no more on John Edwards. We don't need to go into that. Uh, he claimed to be open-minded about the possibilities of legit mediums, but said that every single one he encountered to date was a fraud. Okay, that checks out. He offered $2,500 reward to any medium that could prove to be legit in front of a panel of scientists, uh, including himself, because he, you see, he still wanted to be uh, one of these science mans right this is where he hangs out with harry price right yeah uh he yeah no he he kind of like forms a rift in a lot of these entertainment people like uh and these big names like a lot of them endorse the spiritualism and a lot of them don't so yeah harry price is is there with him and then like c.s lewis and car like arthur conan doyle that one's weird you wouldn't think he'd be as into it because he loved the truth so much and he pretty much only told it in his books. So it is weird. But he also did a lot of opium. He did. But th- that's not, that doesn't mean the truth isn't out there. That just means the truth is in the Chinese man giving you the opium. Mm. Oh, you mean uh, truth low? Yeah, truth. Lucy truth low. <laughs> oh, you we know, can't do that anymore. No, we can't. We're down. Our, yeah, we're we actually, down no, we can. We have residual. Okay. It's okay. fine. Residual. It carries over. We have two years. I have a list. I have a list of complaints. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, um, you know what? Before I move on, I just want to mention this. Um, he, I, I think I skipped over on the script. Doesn't matter. We've been rolling such a long time. He got really into like airplane stuff because this is right when the Wright brothers, you know, shot their load. In, yeah. uh they were in Illinois, right? Uh, so that's a big debate because apparently I think it's Virginia. Is it Virginia? Like South Carolina? No, is it South Carolina? Oh, North Carolina. Carolina and Illinois both have like the state of flight or whatever. Right. But like, I think one of them they were born in and the other one is where they did their flight. So like there's this whole confusion of like who claims like first flight. Right. Uh, Well, I don't know. We might be able to just look it up right now, but they're not. Let's just say they're, they're, they're load shot across state lines. What we know for sure is that they definitely stuck within American borders because uh, I know it's a bit of a tangent, but Houdini was into it and he offered them money to take him up and do some stunt. And they were like, no, we just figured this out. We're not going to put a guy on the wing so you can dance around. Uh, It's just too early. But a few years later, he gets a French guy to build a plane for him and he has it moved to Australia where he could be the first man to take flight in Australia. Oh, shit. Like dancing on the wing. No, no, just fly an airplane in Australia. He's he's oh. the, he's t- he's the right brother of Australia. 
oh, he's like a, he's like a, let me have a VB in it. Right. Let me fucking, let me fucking smash that VB, dickhead. I'm sure no one cares from, especially Australians. Like this is still, we're still very much in criminal territory here. I mean, Australia does not care. No. And good for that. They had a prime minister that just like went out into the ocean and just never came back. Right. They don't care. Well, as I said, good for them. We're okay. So he's got oh, back to Houdini and the spiritualism. Sorry for the tangent. I want to throw that. <laughs> uh, he teamed up with the police to raid fake mediums and testify in, and testified in front of Congress against ghost fraud. Uh, he thought that the money made from these people was the dirtiest money in all of the states. Uh, the spiritualist craze did die a few years after his death, but uh, he never actually saw it end. And one thing that he and Best did do was they exchanged code words before either of them had died so they can verify contact if it did happen. Tom, I know that this is a long episode, but I do want to mention this is that shit has not stopped. It really hasn't. But it was a craze back then. Like, no, it was it it was a craze. It still exists today. It's like palm reading. It's it's cold reading. Like it's, it's people that just, you know, even like all the fucking like. I mean, I know stupid bimbos like to fucking be like, I'm a cancer, so that's why I fucking love to get dicked. Like, yeah, that's I, always I, what it is. It's like I I uh, I'm a scorpion, so I need to suck dick. Yeah, it, but 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 these psychic people—they are the scum of the universe. They mooch on your emotion. I'm getting serious, dog. This is Travis, dog. Serious. I fucking hate people like this. Well, like, stop being too serious, though, because this is a show. It's supposed to be entertaining. It is entertaining. I'm just saying, dude. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I want to get my weenie sucked, dude. I want to. I want a Chris Angel to be like, you just came, and I'm in the other room. I don't want someone to talk about my dead fucking great aunt. Look, we're all looking for something, okay? Yeah, I want Chris Angel to save me. But by jerking I want him you to off wake me up inside. Over. No, dude, I want him to wake me up inside, and I'll be like, Chris, I can't wake up. And then Chris will be like, wake me up inside. And I'll be like, I can't wake up, Chris. And then he'll be like, save me. And I'll just like come right. everywhere. That's pretty cool, actually. That could be a that Sig- is cool. Sigmund Freud. No, Sigmund Siegfried and Roy. <laughs> Siegfried I just Roy I just pulled a mic there. I forgot. I, <laughs> I made one man into two men. Uh, anyway, uh, he's back in the performing game for a while because it does it does kind of burn you out. So he's doing a little touring and talking. Uh, one one thing that he's known for is this thing he invented called the Chinese water torture escape. That was the most deaf thing, but like way more dangerous that's fine um this is 1920 i think he made that in like 1915 and kind of toured with it basically it was a giant fish tank that he would be dunked into while all uh you know locked up in these chains and he'd be dunked into upside down he had about three minutes to get out and he would do it and it was cool and people were like that's neat that's that's cool he should have added leeches into it too that'd be cooler yeah, I think so. Maybe a little honey mustard. Yeah. Now, Travis just asked me how he died, and let's go to bed. Yeah, how did this man die? How did I go to sleep? All right, Travis, how did you go to sleep? 
let me tell you, when he hit the road in 1926, in late October, he broke an ankle while performing said China Torture Act. He arrived in Montreal bandaged up. He, uh, he fixed the ankle himself, as you do. Uh, he gave a lecture on fake spiritualists in a hall in Montreal. He was in terrible pain from his kidney issue. He had no idea that he was also suffering from appendicitis. That's a double whammy, dude. You got two of them stupid organs fucking acting up. Yeah, so he's backstage after giving this talk, and he's trying to relax, but he's still like he's still always the showman. So I think he's talking to this newspaper, and one guy's like sketching his sick body, and uh, some other guy walks in. Right? Where is it? Uh, his name was Jocelyn Gordon Whitehead. Right? <laughs> he walks into this room and goes, "Hey, Harry, can I punch you in your fucking stomach?" Uh, which is something that he, Harry used to let people do because he was just like, I'm in such good shape. I can tense up. Anyone can hit me. Okay. So, Tom, before we kill this guy, yeah. I know what's going to happen. We already did this show. We did this episode. That's we why this, this That's why we have so much momentum. Happen. Yeah. But I, I will say this. I used to do the same thing. I used to just take body shots. Right. Nonstop. Matt Lopez. Shout out to him. Shout out to Matt Lopez. He was the Jesus of Huntington. He lived on some llama ranch or something. I don't know. Yeah. But I used to take body shots. And I remember hearing that Harry, this is something Harry Houdini used to do. to tense his stomach up and he'd take a body shot from anyone. And I remember I got a punch from my cousin who was in the Marines. He was the only person. I mean, I'm like, I don't know, 16 at the time. This guy's like in Afghanistan. And he punched me, and I took it, and it was I was fine. Um, but but were you? But were was I? Because now I have hernias. <laughs> but now I have a lot of hernias. Yeah, you know, yeah I'm. It was like least... it was one of those. It was one of those punches that was like it was fine at the time, but uh, fifteen years later, my organs are falling out of my body. It was just a residual. Right. Residual. I'm glad you only did that for a very small amount of time. Yeah. Because yeah, if you yeah, let okay. keep letting fucking adults hit you. I mean, he's in his would, 40s. You shouldn't do that. It's irresponsible. He shouldn't have done that. Your cousin should actually be in jail. Um, no, it, my cousin's fine. I'm saying Harry Houdini should not take body shots in his 40s. That's stupid. You I need think to you're, take, you're, you need to take you need to eat Trader Joe's Gorilla O's and eat that shit every day and you're good. Look, Harry Houdini and your cousin belong in jail. Okay. I'm not All taking right. it back. Okay. So, Harry, anyway, so you got Whitehead come up here and going, go and pull you in the stomach. And Harry's like, sure, you dimwit. So, as Harry begins to stand up and he's getting ready for the punch, Whitehead, without any warning, just starts wailing on this already crippled guy who has like a cast on, uh, just punching the shit out of this guy. And now Houdini plays it cool. He's like, that was fine. And him and his crew then head to Detroit for their next show. And on the way, Houdini develops a terrible fever. In true hardworking immigrant fashion, Harry refuses to take the day off and performs that night, collapsing at the end of the show in Detroit. In Detroit, of all places, to collapse yeah. on stage, they say. Big question. Did he drink the water there? Uh, I don't know if he had enough time because he was taken to the Grace Hospital there and died October 31st after a few days of suffering, dealing with what is peritonitis, which is organ tissue failure and a ruptured appendix. He died at 52. So um, Halloween, 1926. Oh, Spookiest spooky. year. Spookiest bitch. Exactly. Um, let's see. 
there were the the postmortem isn't even good on him. Anyway, a lot of people missed him, and these magicians take care of uh, his grave now because they're cheap. Look into that. And uh, yeah, that's Harry Houdini's for you, roast mortem style. Twice we really worked that one over. Tom, I think this has been a good little do. We've done Duolingo. I never want to talk about Harry Houdini again. No, I mean we will though because he's he's been. A lot of these fucking psychic scumbags Harry Houdini came out against. Yeah, well, you know, we're, you know, we might have to just stay away from those those people. I don't know. No, it's fine. We're going to run into him. He's he's now almost we know. he's almost a delight. That's what I I've had a lot of him. He's almost a delight. Yeah. Um so thanks Tom for bringing in Harold Hugangus. That's his name. Yes, thank you uh, so much for dealing with that twice, Travis. And I honestly, just as I am right now, I forgot half of it. If you go <laughs> back to about an hour mark, I that was all new information to me. And it will be new information when I listen back to the episode. That's good to hear. Um, all right, so with that, thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Shane, all that stuff. Roastmortemcast.com, patreon.com slash roastmortem. Um, wait, patreon.com slash roast cast. That's the yeah. right one. Also, um, again, I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, if you've made it to the end, I really want to hear if you have had a UFO encounter. Please let us know. Um, within the first few two weeks of August, and Tom, what's the number for Heavy Hole? 631 837 3274. Leave us a message. You'll be out in the show. Or if if we get a lot of people, maybe it'll be a bonus episode. But I want to hear it because we're going to be talking UFOs. Soon. I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited. I'm beholding to my pale horse, if you know what I mean. And I think you do. So my with pale, that. My, yeah, my pale horse is my penis. <sighs> Didn't we give it another name earlier? Who cares? Uh, I mean, it's. One of the four horses of, of the apocalypse. It's probably pestilence. Mine's uh, sleepy. <laughs> sleepy. Or dopey. Sleepy. Dopey. Dopey yeah. con. Watch out for the horses. All right, dogs. Goodbye. Thank you. Hell. Yeah.